Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and thanks for tuning in to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And so welcome back. We have our love panel. So first, before we get started, let me just sort of give you a little bit of my background, just in case you don't know or don't remember. I run a thriving private practice right outside of Chicago, Illinois, where we do everything from um, individual therapy, relationship coping, um, medication management, and just overall life management stuff here. So, Darren, what do you do? My background is in corporate America. Here in the world of associates, I focus on resume consults, life coaching, and mock interviews. Absolutely. So we have our panel of love experts tonight. So tonight you don't just get Darren and I. You get, like, four love experts, meaning they're in the trenches of, like, making it happen or not making it happen, whatever ends you whatever end you find yourself on, we've got someone on the panel that's in between the lines there for you. So we've got some questions here, but definitely if you have questions for us tonight, call in to 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. And um, if you do have a question, don't forget to press the the number two key, is it? And then it will give us a question mark on the left hand of our screen, and we will identify you by the last four numbers of your telephone number. Um, So, Darren. Yeah, let's introduce our panel, okay? First off, we have Jason back from last week, so welcome back, Jason. Jason, Bob Carpenter the a man. Yes, yes, yes. And just a reminder, Jason's 42 years old. He's an administration advisor, admissions advisor. He's also single, okay? We also have Renee. She is 53 years old. She's a financial analyst, and she is married, okay? So she's the married one on the panel, okay? We also have Mike. He's 40 years old. He's an engineer and single. And we have V. She is 44 years old, a loan officer, and she's also single. Okay, so welcome, everybody, to the panel. Welcome. Thank you. So I'm just probably going to break into the questions since we have our experts here, and we've got so many questions to go through and not a lot of time. So I'm just going to read out the questions, and you guys jump in where you're ready to jump in. Let me say this, though, before we get started. Our advice with caution, it's like when I put in the directions on my phone, I don't just follow it blindly. If I feel like I'm getting lost, I just kind of go the way that I know. So if you're hearing information tonight, remember that when we get questions from people, we don't know the full story, the full background, what's going on with you guys. So if if there's something we're not answering correctly, in your opinion, or you need more detail, then call the office. We'll be glad to set you up with a clinician that can help you find your way. Absolutely, absolutely. So first question, let me just say why the first question is so interesting because I hear so many people saying that they're comfortable with their bodies, they're comfortable in their own skin, they're open to love, and then you start dating and then you have to sort of count on fingers and toes how many people you have loved, and that could be an issue. But let's read the question. It says, I'm 30 years old and starting a fresh new life. In the past, I was pretty open sexually and didn't have a problem being intimate with many partners. I want to be honest with my current boyfriend, but I'm not sure if I should tell him how many sexual partners I have had in the past, especially since I'm starting a new chapter in my life. What does the panel suggest that I do? Okay, I'll go last. So who wants to start first with that question? I'll start. All right, go ahead. ahead. Don't tell. (laughs) Don't tell. tell. Because there is a a, uh, double standard to that. So. I mean, you you just you just have to don't tell. Just like you know. <laughs> okay, that's because she's a woman. Uh, uh, yes, uh, uh, because there is a double standard between men and women. Well, 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 there is a double standard between the two. 
Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else have anything on that? I agree with that. I, as a female, um, I feel that honesty is always the best policy. I would never ask anyone how many partners they had, so I don't, I don't even know if it should be a conversation that comes up, but if it does, I would tell the truth. Okay. 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 Renee, you have anything to add on that? I would agree with Mike. I, I don't think that there has to be an in-depth, you know, discussion about it um, because that can change a person's opinion, mm-hmm. you know. However, with that being said, make sure you get yourself checked to uh-huh. make sure that you're healthy. Right. Okay. Jason, any comments? Yeah, I agree with everything that's been said uh, to kind of feed off of what Mike said. No matter what number you give, if, if the woman said two, two, <laughs> it's never, you know, unless she's a virgin, it's never going to be. It's never a good answer. Exactly. Also, that being said, I agree with B. You should definitely be honest. Mm-hmm. So if it comes up, if he asks you, either don't answer the question, don't, you don't feel comfortable answering it, or answer it honestly. Okay. And that choice is yours. So when I do urine drug screens at the office and people refuse, I automatically think they're dirty. So if someone says I'm not going to answer that question, I automatically think you have 50 sex partners, even if it's five. I mean, that's just who I am. I think the second thing is if you lie, you will get found out. How do I know? You don't know who people know. I went to my husband's 25th um, high school reunion and bumped into a homegirl. We were hugging. Hey, what's up? Clapping hands, everything. So let's say you don't tell the truth and then you bump into some dude. And he's in the restroom with your guy. He's like, you know, I hit that. You liking that? And he comes up. And then you tell him, oh, just one guy, but it was, you know, I, I didn't want to or whatever. It's going to come out. So if it's 50 people, I mean, I might divide by 10 and just be like, you know, roughly, you know, roughly a few. Or I might say, you know, tell me why you want to know. But I still think it's going to come out. So I feel like let it be known. And I cannot tell you the amount of times I've gotten inboxes on my Facebook about, oh, I went to high school with your husband, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so I feel like if you don't tell, it will eventually come out. And now not only do you look kind of skanky because of the double standard, now you look like a liar. Now you didn't tell me that you did everybody on the West Coast, and now I'm at a party and I find out that you did. So I say, you know, do the Kim K thing. Just tell the truth. I've been with all of the ladies. So, <laughs> so to your point, though, if you're honest, and of course, okay, I can deal with that. Right. At least you're being honest with me. I asked the question. You answered. You chose to answer the question. You answered it honestly. We can go ahead and move on. Right. Versus if they don't tell the truth when you ask the question. Right. Now, not only did you not tell me the truth, and you had multiple points. So there's two things going against the person at that point. Absolutely. I think the yeah. other thing is Jason made a very good point. If you're not a virgin, we know you had at least one partner. Right? Sure. And then past a certain age, I mean, not that everybody's out there, right. but people come with references. I mean, you right. have to have some past relationships. You right. just, I'm just showing up. A, I mean, that what's the movie where the girl is a virgin and she's letting them tie up and whip her? What is that movie? Fifty Shades of Grey. That's like the one girl on the planet that's like interplanet Janet. Everybody else, you kind of know people are coming with references. So that's just my opinion. Um, so the second question says, I've been married and divorced three times. I really just think I've been picking the wrong people. Any suggestions on the best way for me to pick a mate? Mm. Anybody? Do exactly opposite of what you've been doing. Okay. I mean, it's, sometimes we go with what's comfortable and not 
what's always the right thing. And so whatever you've been doing, if, if he's tall, try short. You know, if he's, you know, college educated, try high school educated. Just try something different because you're going to something that's probably not right for you. Okay. 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 Anybody else? Interesting book I read, Irritating the Ones You Love. Uh, the title may sound a little off-putting, but to make a long story short, the book, one of the principles or concepts in the book is that we all have a tendency to date and pattern. And typically, there are similarities that you may not be aware of between the people that you are dating. Sure. Given that you've been divorced a number of times, there may be some pattern that is consistent, that you're unaware of, beyond just how they look, how they are, how they interact with you, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I would strongly suggest taking some time really to review kind of your past relationships, though, mm -hmm. why they didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But also, can you see any patterns of similarity? And, and the idea would be to avoid those patterns, right? Mm -hmm. So similar to what B said, to do something different. Absolutely. I would, re would you recommend, Dr. they would see somebody, maybe see a counselor and say, okay, because you talk about three different marriages, not three just dating, but three commitments at the altar, the family, the mom and daddy came there, mm -hmm. I do. So you three times you made a commitment that this is going to be a lifelong part and that didn't work out. We may need to get some help because you may not be able to, like you've talked about, you may not be able to see what the pattern is. You know what? I need to talk to somebody. Can you help me see where, where I'm missing? Where am I going wrong? Because I don't want to have another fourth divorce. I want to, the next time I get with somebody, I want to be successful. So I may need to get some help. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. Four window panes, right? Things you know about yourself that everybody knows. Things you know about yourself that nobody knows. Things that other people know about you. And then there's that stuff that you don't know and nobody else may know. So I suggest you go around and figure out, Interview people that know you very well and ask them, What's, what, is, what am I like? How would you describe me? If you were given some um, things about me out there, what would you say, number one? Number two, are you the right person? Are you dating through your weaknesses? Maybe your mom called you ugly, so you, you're always thinking something's wrong, so you have low self-esteem, so that comes through when you're dating. Um, number two, okay, this is going to sound rude. Stop dating for a solid year. Mm -hmm. Just stop because you're making mistakes, like left and right. And each relationship leaves us with positives, but each relationship leaves us with negatives. And if you're broken going into your fourth marriage, it's going to end. Just simply, it's going to end. The other thing is you may be the marrying type. I'm a, I'm a church girl, so when my pastor would call for us to come down to the altar to join the church, I joined every like every week for like 10 years. And one day, too, was like, listen, you gave your life to the Lord. Sit down. Um, and maybe you're the type. I had a friend that every guy she was dating, I'm going to marry him next week. Um, this is the guy. Um, this is the one. I, I knew it when I first saw him in the room. I knew it when I saw him at the club. I knew it when I saw him at the bar, wherever you met him. You may be the Marian type. Maybe you just really want to be in love, and that's blinding you. So read the book, Irritating the Ones You Love. Stop dating for a year. This is the hardest thing. When I tell people to stop dating for a year, it makes them want to choke. But stop dating for a year. Slow down so you can speed up and get yourself right. That would be my thought. Let me ask you a follow-up question. Talk about talking to people who know you about what they may see in you that you may not be aware of. In that situation with the three divorces, would you recommend them talking to a friend of the opposite sex or friends of the same gender? I don't know if it makes a difference or not. Just non-liars, just our friends okay. that are going to tell you the truth. I don't know if gender matters because, like, 
maybe your mom can see your love pattern and you can't. Maybe a guy will. But, I mean, but I feel like there's something wrong, not necessarily with you, but the way that you're picking people. And then if you, now I'm, I'm old-fashioned. If you're the female and you're picking the man, that's part of the problem. Like if you're pursuing him, it may be that he really didn't want you, but he said yes because, he, you know, he's looking for other options, but he'll get with you while, while he finds the right option. Sure. So, anybody want to piggyback anything on that? Okay. Um, okay, next question. Suddenly my husband has started to be distant from me, taking secret calls, <laughs> locking his phone. I think these are signs of cheating, but when I ask, he says no. Is there a way to figure out the truth without interrogating him? I'm answer this real quick. <laughs> Private investigator. Um, if you think Fred is cheating, he's probably cheating. That's just my opinion. I don't think people are usually wrong about that unless you're generally paranoid. I think if you have a gut, usually my gut is right about this kind of stuff. So if your gut is right about it, trust your gut. But if you need extra evidence, private eye, private eye, private eye. And I, I would tell anybody that's worth the fee, get your pictures and move on. Okay. Darren, any thoughts? You know, to me, that's, I do believe that is a red, a red flag where you can't access a person's phone or anything like that, especially, you know, marriage, serious date, you know, what's the problem? What if they work for the CIA? Let me just say this. If no, you, they you don't are operative. And yes. you don't know that? What's her daddy for a living? What's her dad do? That's true. I don't know. Do you that. know what my father does? <laughs> so maybe they work for the FBI or the CIA. I mean, it could be possible. Okay. What if they just have McDonald's? No and they cheat. No. <laughs> I don't know. I could be wrong. Anybody think that he's, like, protecting his HIPAA stuff or something? <laughs> maybe he's protecting his Right. He's probably consults the president. Right. Now, let me just say this. If, if this is happening, suddenly something's going on. Go ahead, Jason. I would agree with that. If it's happening suddenly, something may be going on. Mm -hmm. uh, him having his phone locked, I just had a very interesting debate <laughs> with four other men about this. Um, some men are different with other men than they are with women, right? So a group of men may have a group chat where they're discussing things, they're using certain language that they would never use around their significant other. Um, hence, they lock their phone. They don't want you going through their phone, group chat, whatever. That being said, I do believe in hunches and gut feelings. Mm -hmm. I do believe that you should investigate them as you see necessary or see fit. But that being said, don't just take the sign of him locking his phone as a definitive sign that he's cheating. Get a private investigator. <laughs> I, I mean, I sort of feel like... Suddenly locking your phone, I mean, th this is a sign that something has changed. Jason is right. It may not be cheating. Maybe he just got a bad diagnosis and he doesn't want you to find out. I don't know. But it, it at least warrants a conversation to find out what's going on. On the other hand, I feel like I am not a private eye, so I never search my husband's phone, although I know his lock code. Do you know what I mean? I don't search the phone because I feel like if I, if I have to resort to searching, I've already got an issue, and I don't want to say through that kind of an issue. That's my feeling about searching searching phones. If I've got a search, we already have a problem. So, there, should, should men unlock their phones? I, I'll say that, especially in marriage, I don't have a problem with, with my wife going through my phone. I have nothing to hide. You know, here's my passwords, my phone access. Anytime you can go through it, any, I, there's, there's nothing to hide. There's nothing that I'm doing that you cannot be aware of. But I don't like you on my Facebook. Well, I'll get in there anyway. Right, I don't like it though. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, so there's certain things I feel like are private. I yeah. feel like my Facebook is no. private. 
My girls might be wanting to send me something about what's going on. I'm going to scroll through this to make sure. <laughs> okay, side note to my friend girls, if you're sending me some, some inappropriate stuff. I'm going to find out. Right, right, <laughs> right. Okay, all right, I'm moving up after Good. that. Okay, next question says, I have stayed with my wife after she has admitted to an affair. However, I don't trust her. More than that, I'm disgusted with her, and I can't seem to get over it. Even though I love her, I'm having trouble staying in the moment with her. Any suggestions on how to move past this issue? I would say counseling. Mm-hmm. Counseling, because if he can't seem to get past it, there's more to it, mm-hmm. and maybe you need outside intervention to get the conversation started. Yeah, yeah. So I would say that would be the, the most appropriate action right. because um, forgiveness is a real huge portion of this. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot find a way to forgive, maybe you might need some help mm-hmm. in getting to forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, yeah. yeah. Anybody else? I agree. Okay. Counselor, I don't see – I know a lot of men – and a significant number of them would have difficulties with that. So that's definitely a situation where I'll agree once you speak out. Yeah. It's not an easy situation to deal with. You know, like you mentioned, see the counseling because, like you said, it could be something else deeper into that. And maybe it's something, you know what, I just can't get past this. You know, even though I can forgive her, but I I can't build all that loving, trusted feeling back. I can forgive you, but I can't forget, I can't get back to that, you're the one I want to come home to at nighttime. You're the one I always want to be with, the love of my wife, the love of my life. I can't get back to that situation, and that may be the case. Yeah. But also, I mean, um, how would you – well, wrong well, – what's now? This building today, however, when it was built, it it only takes a cent because that died in my mind to destroy it. Right. Sure. And so when – and so when – and so when – and so when when it's destroyed, it's harder to bring it back. And so when and so that's going to take time for it to come back. Right. Yes. So. So 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 and so she's got she your 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 wife is going. I mean, your wife, your girlfriend is going to have to put some time in it and, you know, for it to build back, 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 because it didn't go go down by itself and you're trying to build it back yourself. It's not going to work. It's going to take the both of you to build it back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would also say it may not just, it may, it may not be simply forgiveness, right? So the woman cheating on him may set off some insecurities that he has. So now, all of a sudden, questioning in his mind other things about his own personal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he may choose to engage in other activities to smooth out those insecurities. Right. Mm-hmm. So that being said, it, there could be a number of things that are happening. That, it's complex. Absolutely. I strongly suggest counseling. Well, you know, I'm going to suggest counseling, right? <laughs> but that's what I do. Um, but let me say this that you have to look at your complicity in the affair. What do I mean by that? I think people cheat because they want to cheat. I don't think you can cause a person to cheat. But there are certainly things you can do to set the stage to make it easier. So those insecurities may be the things that probably could have caused or helped to aid in the situation. 
The other thing is, if I at least 100 men that have stayed with their wives after affairs tell me, Dr. Noah, I cannot have sex with her. When I look at her and I realize somebody else was, was inside of my wife, I can't manage that situation. And so that's a big deal. And a lot of times men get caught up in the situation of, then I'm going to go cheat to prove a point to her. I can let you, I can I'll let you know that somebody thinks that what you thought was nothing is something. You know what I mean? Sure. I think the other thing is not looking like a punk. Women a lot of times say, "Oh, my man cheated" or whatever. But if a man tells his group of guys that his wife cheated and he stayed, and he stayed, it'll never be another barbecue where he won't get ridiculed. I mean, sure. that's just kind of what I'm thinking. I, I don't see I don't see men. It's <laughs> that that's for real. If you tell your no, guys at the workout center. You will get joked on. You, right. yeah. I mean, because your man, you know, because your manhood around your boys is done. You're done. So don't tell your boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so, but, here, but here's the issue, though. Then what do they do with that? So, yes, you do therapy, but then the other thing that always happens when people say to me, Dr. Wall, that's one hour a week. Who do I talk to when I'm not there? Get a diary. Mm-hmm. Write it down. But I, I, but I would caution about getting other people involved in the situation. Yeah. Too many people. Are. Let me go tell my best friend. Tell that in my Please don't friend. tell your mama. Exactly. Tell your mom because <laughs> Thanksgiving to me awkward. Because if you do get back together and you do mend that relationship, not everybody else feels funny about it. And they know that it's inside information. But like anything else goes on in the future, five down the year, five years down the road, remember she cheated on you. You know that can mm-hmm. always constantly bring it up. So don't go telling everybody about the situation. That's what I call the relationship bubble. Like you protect your bubble, you you're, you and your spouse or partner from drama by not letting everybody know. You can forgive, mm-hmm. but it's harder for, to forgive when there's an audience that understands a bigger situation than what you need them to know. I mean, so I think you have to get some therapy with that. Ask yourself, why did you stay? You obviously love her because you stayed. You had an opportunity to leave and you didn't. Um, is she a serial cheater or was that like, did she slip and bump her head? I mean, Penises don't fall into your wife, but how did that happen? How did that occur that this situation went down? So just go back to your boys. Don't tell your boys because (laughs) most of the time when you win a a bunch of guys, somebody is a dog, right? One of your friends is a dog. Right. And he finds out your wife is a cheater. I mean, she's about to get some of that.
it's not necessarily a hard sell. It's kind of something gentle, mm-hmm. and it's not ego bruising. It's just saying, hey, can we try this? I really like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and for me, I would love for a woman to say, yes, this is what I would like. <laughs> do. It just yes. like this, right there. Yes, yes. So both men will be okay. <laughs> Any other thoughts? I agree. You just uh, just tell them what to do, and usually they follow along with direction. So you don't necessarily have to say, Oh, you know, I just I can't. I've been faking. So, would you say with that face be? I, I've been faking. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be that honest. Right. So definitely uh, let them know which route to go, and, and I'm sure they'll oblige. I do. I do think you have to take in mind the self-image of your husband. You know what I mean? Because every every male is different, right? They say, yeah, I don't mind you telling me. Some guys like, I don't want to be, you know, that that you just jump by telling them that could bruise their ego. That I need to be told. So you have to keep in mind what we're saying and know your specific situation with your husband, his self-image, the time, you know, what else is going on in his life. You know, he had struggles at work, getting demotions at work, so he's getting slapped around there, then you want another slap down there. So kind of keep in mind all these things when you have these type of conversations. I'm laughing, but look, stop faking, girl. Look, <laughs> stop all that faking. If you're not being satisfied, I, I don't do faking. I'm going to tell you that right now. Don't do it. Don't fake. I wouldn't – here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a talker. I say, say, hey, can we talk for a second? And I know that people say men hate to hear that. But the bottom line is during sex, don't say this ain't working. I mean, that's a bad move. But I would say I agree with um, what Renee was saying. If you have a way to sort of gently through the back door approach say, let's try position 42 or I've got this book we could look at, right? If that works, that works. But you're going to have to figure out what's going to work for your spouse. But if you've been faking for a long time and he has no ideas, every time you just explode five minutes in, how is he supposed to know? You know that that's a concern. So I have to question you. How many? How long are you going to fake before you actually do something to rectify the situation? That's kind of the way I look at it. And I think you owe it to one another, right? Because you're in a marriage situation, you want it to be the best, okay? And you owe it to each other to have that kind of truth uh, with grace, right? Truth with grace, have that kind of conversation because you want to improve that situation because the intimacy of the marriage relationship is vital to the marriage relationship sustaining. Right, because if you're constantly thinking you're not getting your needs met, you gotta get not getting your needs met. Guess what? You're gonna can possibly end up looking to get your needs met somewhere else. Right. I'm assuming that's not what you want. Right. Okay. Right. So you need to have that type of conversation right. with your spouse. Absolutely. Well, there's there's hot two videos on YouTube these days. I mean, there's all kinds of things to do right Right. Um, any other comments on that? All right. Do men fake orgasms? That's the next question. <laughs> okay. If if the sex isn't good, or if you you you're not physical on it, or you you're in, I mean you 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 are involved in in some in a in a in a something that that you're like, uh oh, it's too late to turn back back now now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean you, or you 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 know you. If you do do what you need to do, I mean, you do what you need to do, and if it feels like you're not feeling anything, then you know, two minutes, you know, I check them, I check the clock over there, 
Get it done and keep moving. <laughs> okay. Mike says yes. Yes. So Mike says yes with a detailed yes. Okay. No. No. Anybody else that men fake orgasms? I don't know about the faking orgasms. Uh, have I ever lied? Yes. I've lied. <laughs> 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 okay. Under what there, circumstances? There are situations where, and I just, yeah. There are situations where men may not have an and it may not be specific to the woman. Sure. This woman I was in a long relationship with, first time we met, it, it seemed like it was going on forever. Like, I'm sorry. That <laughs> night it went on forever and ever, and no orgasm ever took place. I didn't lie to her. But that being said, sometimes you just don't have an orgasm. And the other person, you know, your partner, she may really want to please you, or she may you may know she's going to internalize that. So then you covered up to protect ego. Okay. That's that's a good point. I mean, just like we talked about the last question about the wife not wanting to bruise the husband's ego, the husband the same situation don't want to bruise his wife's ego because, like you mentioned, it could be nothing necessarily to do with the wife. It could be thinking about something else, stress at work, nothing to do with the individual act not being pleasing or or pleasing. It's just something else is going on. You know, for whatever the case may be. But in that situation, um, you still want to have a if, if if a situation where she's asking you the truth. Hey, I would be honest about it, right? You know, she asks you plainly. You're going to be honest about it. But if if a situation where you're concerned where you're not getting your needs met, I would have that same conversation with Grace about what we can do to improve the sex life. Have you ever faked an orgasm? I have never faked an orgasm. That's what I'm <laughs> out on the home front. No, but let me say this. Everybody faked that something. I mean, I've eaten a, a meal my mom cooked and went on about how great it was, but I was really thinking. <laughs> but, I, you know, there are times where you, you give grace to people. And, again, people's bodies change. I mean, I, I sort of feel like it's, it's when persons are younger, it's much easier to achieve climax. The older you get, the more experience you've had, the more stamina you get to hold out certain things. You may not always have an orgasm. There's this myth that every time you have sex, it's supposed to be an orgasm. That may not happen. And that doesn't mean that the other person hasn't been pleasured. They just may not have an orgasm. So try not to take it personal. But, yeah, according to these guys, men do fake orgasms. Um, all right, next question. I've been dating the same man for five years, and he won't marry me. What can I do to get him to marry me? Then she wrote a note to me, Dr. Noel, I know you think I should leave, but I love him. So I won't answer the question. So anybody else, what should she do to get him to marry her? You cannot make somebody marry you. Okay, that's the last I see Renee shaking her head. Renee, you cannot make somebody five years? What? Okay, I'm sorry. Somebody else talk. Darren, go ahead. You know, I agree. You cannot get someone to marry you. And it's, apparently after five years, if he hasn't, assuming he hasn't even asked you to marry him, at, at this point, asked you to marry him, apparently he does not want to marry you right now or doesn't want to marry you, period. For whatever reason, for whatever reason. And you have to look at yourself and say, do I want to be married to this person, stay with this person, even though this person has already told me directly or indirectly that they don't want to marry me. And if you're uncomfortable staying in that situation, hey, so be it. That's your personal prerogative to do that. But understand that he's giving you the sign, either verbally or non-verbally, that he does not want to marry you. And it's your choice whether you're going to take that information and move on with your life or you want to stay in that situation. Mike, you had a comment? There, there's a reason for him saying no. There is a 
there is a legitimate what reason and and it's been out there on the table and you're just not even seeing it. Anybody else? I just like to I mean does she ever ask him? And if so, what is his response? Mm-hmm. Um I um uh, you know, in the beginning of a relationship you know, you kind of go over your goals and what you guys are looking to do and things like that. And then, you know, a year later, you kind of do a check back in. So does, does this happen every year? Does he mm. say, oh, I, I want to get married still? Or does he say, you know what, I, I'm just not ready? And at this point, after five years, you, you have to say to yourself, maybe he just is not the marrying kind. Mm-hmm. So is he, if you love him, is he worth sticking around and not being married? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think you mentioned it earlier, Dr. Well, about ladies. I would not, you could ask him for a check about how he feels, but I would not take that sense of, I'm going to now ask him to marry me. I've been waiting five years for him to ask me. I haven't been asked, so now I'm going to ask him to marry me. To me, that would be a big mistake for a lady to ask a man to marry her. It doesn't work. Right. I'm, I'm trying not to hear, okay? Let me... <laughs> What's wrong? What's wrong? Five years. Like Mike said, something's wrong. Like, get the message. He doesn't want to marry you. A temporary worker, you're never going to get full-time status. <laughs> Ever. So leave. Like, the people engaged 20 years, 30 years. You didn't have babies. Y'all lived together. Move on. Now, if you don't want to be married and you're fine with the status that you have, then don't gripe about it. You know, it is what it is. You don't throw a fit, right? But if you want something more and after five years, he can't make five years, whatever 365 is times five plus that leap year in there. That's mm-hmm. a lot of days. And most people know in 30 days that they could be with you forever. They may not ask you, but it doesn't take five years to figure out. What are you on layaway? Is it Christmas time? Okay, I'm done. Okay. That's a good question that you thought about. It. Is it 30 days? I'm curious to see what other people say about that. How soon will you know this person is somebody – I guess even the potential that you'd want to stay with them the rest of their life. Is that a reasonable 30 days? It's more than 30 for me. It's way more than 30. You think it would take, take longer than 30 days? No, if this is... I need at least, at least uh, uh, six months. Six months? Mm-hmm. I'm because of, you know, the first, you know, you, you, you know, the first 30 days, hey, all you're trying to do is get it in. <laughs> 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 and then, and, and then the second... And then and then and then on and, and then on such second third then hey there's another oh you meet family and you don't doing things together and you and then then you know it's it's time I mean but you know but but I, I the first third day I mean I'm just trying to get it in and I mean I'm not trying to bond and trying to see where we are I'm not talking about such actually but but I'm just saying, oh, okay. yeah we trying to bond. And and that and that day to understand and have these conversations on thirty days. No, I'm I saying that. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying that when you're dating somebody, in about a month, you know if you want this to be long term or not. You may not know if you're going to marry her that point, but you know if she's on the list to stay committed to to be married to. I just know in five years you know. Right. I know. I, mean, I think it's important for people to know. So if you if you in this relationship. Two, three years, five years, and they you don't know something's something's lying. And especially how old are you? Like I don't know how old you are. So like if you're twenty, I could see five years. You're forty, 
you don't have five years. You don't have five years. You sixty. You better hurry that up. Right. <laughs> You're seventeen. I don't know why you're even thinking about marriage. I mean, so I think the age also plays a role. So twenties. You got five years, I feel like. But after that, when you're working a, a full-time job, you're establishing a life, five years is a long, long time. That's just a long time. But I don't know. Any other comments? I'd say basically it takes about a year for you to really decide because the first 30 days you're just meeting their representative, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And it hasn't had a chance for you to see the real them in everyday life, mm -hmm. okay? The, they may be on the list, the short list, but, you know, and it has potential. But, you know, it ha you have to see a little bit more about them. Five years is way too long. Basically, they're saying I'm content with the way things are. Because mm -hmm. in five years, they've met your mother. They've seen you angry. They've been to all the family events. They've seen you in a full four seasons for five years. Mm -hmm. They've seen you cold, hot. <laughs> you, I mean, what else do you have to see? And in five years, you're telling me that he has not made up a decision to marry you. That means he's got something else on He's him. made up his mind. He just has it so hard. The answer is no. So I was like, she so told her because she right. said he ain't doing it. I mean, I, I feel like she not. So let me say this. If you've invested five years and not got what you want on your return, it's like if you were working a job five years and they wouldn't give you a raise, you would leave. You would leave. You wouldn't stay somewhere five years and not get what you want unless you feel like you can't get anything else. And if you're making a man feel like you can't get anything else, why would he pick you either? I don't know why I would pick that person. If, if if you're feeling so like he's the only one and I can have nobody else, then why would he value you if you're not valuing yourself? But I'm not yelling, sweetheart. I want you to know that I feel you. I, I understand what you're saying. You've invested five years. You love him. You've given him a lot. But I think a lot of women start acting like they're married before they get there, and then he doesn't really need to marry you if he's got the benefits of all of that stuff. Without even you, what is he holding out for? You're not holding out for anything. So why does he actually need to have the marriage? Right, there's no extra benefit for him because he's got every all the benefits of being married without being married. But no, mm -hmm. no, there ain't And believe me, I know lots of people in this position. You've been dating for years. You've built a life together, and then he or she moves on because they figure, well, I found I found what I'm looking for that that could possibly be better than that. But I don't know. Other comments. But I'm not yelling, and I understand that you love him in my soft voice. Okay. Um, number eight, is it a problem if a woman makes more than the man that she is with, makes more money than the man that she is with? Yeah. But I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think it depends on uh, the guy, his security within himself and his self-esteem. But I don't have a problem with that myself. This is Darren. I don't have a problem with that. Anybody else? <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. This is Jason. I, <laughs> I think it depends, however, on the woman herself, how she carries herself. And that could be a dynamic that's with or without money. So if, if you're using the fact that you have money to make all the decisions and throw it in the space, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a, a big problem. So it all depends on how you handle the situation. But just the money itself. It also depends on the individual. Some men may have an issue with that. Absolutely. Things are changing. Uh, I think that less men would have a problem with it now than perhaps 20 years ago. Uh, but it also depends on the person. It also depends on what he needs from you. Does he need your finances for something? 
I mean, do you use them to manipulate the situation? I mean, I think in general, again, money may not be the issue, but the perception of who has the power dynamic in the relationship becomes an issue. And a lot of times when women make more money, just what I've seen in my office, um, it comes up again and again and again. Um, so I, I sort of think, yes, it's still a problem because I think that in theory, women still feel like men should be making money and taking care of things. So when that can't happen, that could potentially lead to an explosion. So I, I do agree, Jason, it's how you manage it. Um, but I, I think it's something that can't help but come up because it's, it's a big thing. Financial security is a big deal. And if one person's making 150000 and somebody's making 40000 that's a big gap. So it also depends on how much you're making. So like Beyonce made $58 million and Jay-Z made $57 million. I don't think that's the problem. Right. But I think when we get into you in a different um, economic bracket, yes, because there's reasons that people make less money, right? And so it's not just going to be the money that gets in the way. It can be other parts of your social environment that get in the way too. So that's just my thought. And I think that's something that should come up during uh dating process. I mean, V mentioned about talking about your goals, where you're going. You know, if someone has an aspiration of, you know, I'm just going to work this day-to-day job. I really don't have any career goals where someone else is, I'm looking to move up in my company. I want to start my own business. You know, you guys may not be a financial match. And you have to decide, well, you know what? We have other areas in our lives that are more of a match that are more important than that. And so be it. Mm-hmm. Versus some people may say, you know what? Being on the same page financially, same ideas about savings is big for me. That's a priority, then that, that may be a strong issue that you have to talk about and look at whether this is going to be um, a problem down the road in a relationship. Absolutely. That leads to the next question: Are men afraid of a smart? Are men afraid of smart and powerful women? Some men are, and some men are not. I mean, as I mean, I can only speak for men. Men, me, I look like a smart and powerful woman. I mean, it it it, it just it just enhance it just enhances the things that I you know that I can bring to the table. Um, some guys a lot are are more are more um, that they are more you know the ego plays a part in it. Mm-hmm. I want to be the man, mm-hmm. and it's. And when when and when that dynamic is not out there, then then the, then that then that they get there's an ego mm-hmm. and then they go. So that could be that could be frustrating, right? Like who the power dynamic in a relationship makes a big difference. And I think it's not so much that men are afraid of smart and powerful women, but I think a lot of men are tired of attitude. So if you think powerful and smart means attitude and domineering, that can be an issue. I think that's the major issue. That could be an issue. Um, I think that's two different things, right? <clears throat> Domineering versus smart, powerful, totally different things. To me, I told, I think I talked about this a year ago on, on a show or something like that about recommend guys, you'd want to marry a woman who's smarter than you, in my opinion. Because if she's not smarter than you, how is she going to help you, right? Women, I'm my old school, women's my help, but to help me. If she's not smarter than me, I know more than her on everything. How is she going to help me do anything? I need someone to help me. Man, I brother. married a woman who's smarter than me. Hey, man, tell them, Darren. Who's got the IQ? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I'm a smart guy. I married someone smarter than me. Absolutely. Because that way she can help me achieve my goal, achieve my dreams. Yeah. 
I think it's just an attitude thing. How I think mainly people want to be with people that are good to them and good for them. So whether you make more money, whether you're smart, powerful, and I'm not even sure what you mean by smart and powerful. Everybody's a little smart. Everybody's got a little power. I mean, like, what what does that mean? Do you mean you're more educated than he is, and is that an issue? Because if that's the issue, then then that's something you all need to look at. But I'm assuming that you're going to be dating, and I've been corrected longer than a month. So if it's longer than that, then you 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 guys should be talking about these things and figuring it out. To add on to that, I do think people see domineering and smart and powerful as the same. I have a number of female peers that are doing very well in their career, and we have this debate ongoing. Their issue is men are intimidated by their success or their money or so on and so forth, or them being smart. A lot of times, okay, so in corporate America, let's say you're in an executive position. You have to assume a certain role when you walk in that door, mm-hmm. right? And a big part of that leadership position is to some extent being domineering, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The ability to turn that off when you go home is crucial. And if you've decided you can't turn that off when you go home, then you need to find a man that can, can deal with that. Exactly. Who mm-hmm. can deal with that. Who it, can deal with that. I'm sorry. I agree. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that completely uh, because of uh, I I did date an executive and exec and she made more money than I did and, all, and everything like that. But 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 but, but though her personality was not the uh, domineering. I knew, knew that she was smart. I knew she was powerful. I knew she made more money than I did. But 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 when we were together, I still paid for all the stuff. I still treated her good. I still did all the other things. So it's it's it's. It, it's all about about, about as as uh, as as uh, Jason said. Can 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 you turn that off at home, mm-hmm. and can you turn that off in your relationship? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people want to be dominated, or they want you to be powerful. So I think it's in finding the person that can manage your personality, whatever those qualities are. And I think you will find that out within thirty days. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, next question. I love my husband but hate his family. In arguments, my husband even takes their side. How do I stop this? We don't want to get back. I love my husband but hate his family. Mm. In arguments, my husband even takes their side. How do I stop this? I would suggest that you begin by having a heart-to-heart conversation with your husband. Right? It, it starts there. Mm-hmm. So the idea that the two of you are married, and you all should have a bond or relationship that supersedes all other relationships. So I know that's your mother. I know that's your sister. I know that's your brother. But I'm your spouse. The two are one. And you hurt me when you do X. So he may not realize by taking this side, he's hurting me. So I, I I believe that you should start there. And then everything can kind of build on that. Mm-hmm. Great point. Great point. 100%. Got to let him know that. And how you feel, let him know how his actions are impacting you. Because he may not be aware of it. He may not be one of those pains that you talk about for Dr. Well, he may be doing it, but he doesn't even know he's doing it. So you owe it to him, hey, you know what? What you're doing is hurting my feelings. And give him a chance to respond and correct his behavior. So I'm a wife. And I don't know many women that have not had this experience. I feel like when you're dating, when you get married, whatever, there's a natural push 
from their family towards you or even against you, right? Because the power dynamic is changing. You're becoming the dominant force in his life, and they're not anymore. And there's going to be some natural pushback about that. However, you cannot sell somebody on the bad qualities of their family. You can't say, you see how stupid your mother is? Did you hear your dumb daddy? Look at your sister the way she looked at me. Your daughter, roll her eyes. No. You have to say, hey, babe, don't know if you noticed it. To me, this is one of those ego moments where you have to respect his ego and his family because they will always be his family. They will always be his mother. And if Big Sue has a heart attack and dies and you're, like, being negative, he will not be able to let that go. He will be like, every time I try to see my family, you stopped it. You never wanted me to be with them. And some families will play on that. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is out of earshot from the family, This is don't do it at the dinner table. Don't call the thing. He has to defend you in public and all that kind of stuff. When you guys are private, things are going well. Say, listen, I wanted to talk to you about what happened at your family's event. I wanted to see if you could see it from my perspective and calmly kind of say, this is how I felt. Not this is what she did to me. She makes me sick. She might be your mother. But No, just simply, this is how I felt. Can you see the need that I have for you to protect me in that situation? The other thing is, are you expecting him to protect you even when you're wrong? I am. Like, I'm, I'm expecting D to be on my side, wrong or right, right or die. Mm-hmm. I don't, if I say the wrong thing and everybody says that's wrong, I expect him to stand next to me and say, that's my wife, that is right. But we have established those. <laughs> we've established that. <laughs> we've had that conversation. We have had that conversation. He is also expecting the same thing in public. I, in public. In, in public. public. Uh, because you, 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 you know, because in private, he can pull you aside and say, "Baby, uh, absolutely." Uh, uh, you need to, you know, you're wrong about that. Right, right. But I agree with Mike. That's a private conversation. So in public, even when my husband is, and I don't mean wrong, like we're gonna kill people. And, yeah, you're right, babe. I mean, we're just having a debate about, like, Republican versus Democrat or did it happen in 87 or 88 or whatever, I stand by him. Now, when we get in the car and we drive, I go, hey, babe, you know, it was actually blue. (laughs) I'm just saying. I got your back, but it was actually blue. I do that because I don't want to show disunification from my spouse in front of anybody. And that even means correction. So if I notice my husband is wrong about something, I don't offer immediate correction unless, like, okay, you can win a million dollars if you have the answer to this. Immediate correction, number four, yeah. right? <laughs> but if it's just they're disagreeing on some lyrics to a song or who made the best birthday cake, it's not serious enough for me to risk my relationship. So I just silence, hey, yeah, my man, he's right. Michael Jackson did make Thriller. And then later I might say he didn't make the Thriller in Manila. He actually just made the Thriller album. You know what I mean? So I think it's important to figure out when do you need that. Here's the other thing. Why are you always in the victim role? Like that's another issue. What's happening that you're becoming a target? I have learned sometimes that you need to shut up. It's possible that you need to keep your mouth shut sometimes. If you can't figure it out with these folks, be quiet. If they don't like your cooking, get a caterer. If you don't want them at your house, I have paid for hotel rooms. For people that we really love, get a hotel room. So there's things you can do to make it easier instead of trying to make him, I need to defend it. Don't set that situation up. And then my last caveat is if you go to visit family, then I don't stay past three days. Day one, we're happy. Day two, we're having a good time. Day three, I am packing my luggage and we are out. Even if it's to a different hotel on the other side of town, I do not stay with, with anybody longer than three days because past three days, Anything can jump off, and I don't want that. So our vacations, we've been in town for a couple of days and run into his aunt in Harlem. We're standing there, and they're like, D? 
shocked. We're like, <laughs> because three days is a maximum because other than that, you're an imposition on somebody else's life, and they can't fake past the three-day mark. So just know that. Get out. Really. Any other <laughs> comments about? Snapped while we were there, but when I left, me and Z were like, 
if you're telling me nobody buys your house, it could be the best house on the planet, but you're letting me know there's a problem with it, and you don't have enough common sense to cover it up. You know what I mean? To make me yeah. feel like it's a good thing. So you have to package yourself um, in a sellable way. You have to brand yourself, whatever that part of you that it is, because just like you're looking for men, men are looking for women, and they're looking for the right one. So they'll go through 50 people to find the one that they want, and you have to be able to do the same thing. Also, try on different personalities. Be yourself on one day to see how that works. If that's not working out, pick up some other parts of your personality that you normally let be a little bit more um, suppressed. So laugh a little more. Giggle a little more. People don't want you just looking at them acting like, you know, what, you know, woo me, make me smile. Like, be out there. Be dateable. Be exciting. Hang out with exciting people. I, I would hang out with other girls that I thought were cute because I was like, well, I'm not going to hang out with with two ugly girls and then me, no, no, no. I'm going to hang out with some girls that get action. So we're all together like, hey. And I'm thinking, well, they get action. So I might, you know, at, at worst, I'll get, you know, one or two that they didn't get. Like, that's, that's how the process works. So what do you think? You know, I, I, you don't want to look desperate, right? No one's going to be, most guys are not going to be attracted to someone who's looking desperate, not looking like they have something going on in their life. So, you know, find what interest you have. Be passionate about your interests. Be passionate about life, and people are going to be attracted. To that. Oh, this woman's got something going on. I need to find out what she has got going on. Mm-hmm. Versus sitting down there, no one wants me. Like, uh, no one wants to go over there and mess with that, mm-hmm. right? So you got to have something going on in your life that someone's going to be attracted. To. This person's passionate. They're fired up about their hobby. They're fired up about the church. Fired up about their career. Whatever it may be, but you have to have something going on in your life to attract somebody towards you. And what's your at race? at rest face look like. That's the other thing. If you're out um, trying to be noticed and you look like don't bother me, you're, whatever that look is, <clears throat> people can also pick up on that too. Or the please notice me look. Please <laughs> notice me like, uh, something wrong over there. Right, right. I mean, <clears throat> so I think you need to take a look at yourself. Number two, where are you? Where, anybody can find somebody. So it's obvious that you can find somebody, but you may not be finding who you want. Be careful that you know what you want. Don't just take anything. Know what you want and actively be in the location where those people are. So we've got like a minute and 38 seconds left. Let's just go around and see if there are any comments that anybody has to add to our um, listeners that may be listening to our show tonight. Anybody have any final comments? <laughs> no? No. Well, we want to thank everybody for your questions tonight. I had more questions than this in my email and on my Facebook but I only had time to sort of gather about 11 or 12 of them. So if you have additional questions, go ahead and send them over. Maybe at some later date in the spring or summer we'll do a panel, too, um, so that we can answer more questions. So we appreciate everybody coming out tonight, being on our love panel. You all have been lovely. Yes, we well, thank Jason, Renee, Mike, and V for coming out. Having a great show. Appreciate you guys coming out tonight. All right. So Darren and I will talk to you guys next week. Have a uh, great evening. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Peace.